Coming out of your coma. And guess what? I'll split your fucking head open again. Cause I'm fucking stupid. I don't give a fuck about jail. That's my business. That's what I do. And we know what you do, don't we, Charlie? You fuck people out of money and get away with it. You can't fuck. Hey, you fat Irish prick. You put my fucking money to sleep. You go get my money or I'll put your fucking brain to sleep. Now it's time to play. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Last Man on Earth. My name is Lex Jurgen. As always, I flag by Matt Ralston. In a controversial move, Matt took a knee during our pre-show national anthem. For Matt, it's a bold statement against the oppressive sodomy laws in numerous states where he travels for sex tourism. A million knees, a million stories. Aren't we at now, Matt, at the point where everybody who's taking a knee has a different reason to take a knee? And- uh... Wouldn't it be nice if they pass the microphone like from player to player and say, "Why are you taking? Why are you taking a knee today?" It'd be like completely random shit. I, I don't think anyone's taking a knee for the plight of the dolphins or anything. I mean, they're mostly on the same side of the, the sort of general impression of racial inequality, or you know, started with police brutality. Let's say they take. Let's say they take a random tight end and ask him after he kneeled for the national anthem after the game. Like, why, why are you kneeling? Do you think you could give a coherent explanation as to... A random what? A tight end. Just any, like, player, lineman who's taking a knee these days. <laughs> and say, oh, you took, you took a big stand against... You know, what, are you, what, are you, what are you kneeling for? Do you think they could give a coherent answer? I think they could do as good as I just did. Yeah, that's true. They sit around talking about you look, it you all look the like time. A ra- you look like a random tight end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think aren't, aren't 90... I mean, so, like... Last year it was like two guys took a knee, and then like last week it was like eight guys took a knee. And this week year was like this week like three hundred guys. This week a white Republican, eh, I wouldn't say racist, but perhaps you know a few issues. Uh, owner Republican guy took yes. a knee. Well, he, but he did that before the thing started. It was like a dance move. They like choreograph some at some point. Anytime guys get together and have to choreograph their movements, something's wrong. That's just not a good... That's no longer a protest. That's like a dance number, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, we're going to take a knee. We're going to lock arms. But before the anthem, then we're taking a knee. Count to ten. Rise. Take a turn. Spin your partner. Well, apparently <laughs> that's why people were booing. Because they were like... Apparently they weren't booing just because they were taking a knee. But they are just like, this looks stupid. And uh, I don't know. It's just something visually wrong with it. <clears throat> it was better... Here's the thing. For all the complaint about Kaepernick, it was better when it was just Kaepernick. <laughs> it actually, I'm not only talking about like just for the random people who hate the thing. Like in terms of the actual value of the protest, I think it was actually even more valuable when it was just Kaepernick. It yeah. was, fo- it, was fo- it was actually folk. It was actually focused on a sing- on police police brutality as a single issue. 
Yeah. And it actually was able to focus a discussion on that. And now it's a discussion of who's going to do what each week, who's going to stand, who's going to sit, who's going to be in the locker room, who's going to lock arms. And he was more articulate uh, about it, too. Like, it, he at least had some thoughts on the issue. Well, yeah. Like you said, when, once Jerry Jones joins your protest, <laughs> it was like, have you, ever, I would say, have you ever been to a civil rights protest where it's only millionaires? <laughs> it's just like that's just they're the wrong they're the wrong. I mean, it's Kaepernick like called a feminist rally in yeah. Manhattan. right? We could get yeah, exactly right. We could get by Kaepernick who makes twelve million a year being you know because at least his issue was about a very again a very specific police brutality issue at the time. But now you just have a bunch of millionaires who play sports for a living who anybody in the world would trade places with, doing protests for shit they can't even name and even like. So everyone's like saying how brave and how great the NFL players are for doing this, but they won't mention what they're protesting anymore because I think that will be more divisive to what they're doing. So it's like the minute someone says, okay, well, this is about like police brutality, then a bunch of guys are going to go like, well, wait a minute, I can't really take a knee Well, for at this that. point, isn't it probably just about Trump and what he said about yes. Charlottesville? Or the, and, I think it's the son of bitch comment. Just the fact, well, I, think, I would take it personally, too. Well... Yeah, but you know, I mean, been, you know, black guys like their moms. <laughs> you've been, that's true. I'm taking a knee for that comment, dude. I'm taking a knee right now. Play the anthem. Uh, you know, what was interesting is I saw that Directv. So all the guys that are like, you can't kneel during the anthem. That's like un-American. And I'm a super tough guy. I'd kick his ass. So they're letting the people that have Directv that are triggered. Yes. Although they didn't use that word yeah. by the by the kneeling, they're letting them cancel their package now because if if you're too traumatized about the knee thing, it's just like which is it? Is everyone a huge pussy now? I I don't, honestly couldn't care less what they do around the anthem. None of that bothers me except for the fact that they're ruining football because now you can't get football coverage because if you go to ESPN, all you see is flag all you see is flag and national anthem controversy. <laughs> like literally, they're just like everything is being ruined these days by politics. And sports was like one of the last bastions where you could just go and just dive into a male topic without like politics. Yeah. And now it's all political discussion. Now like ESPN every, sucks a dick. They do, but the SI SI is putting them on the cover, like the kneeling players on the cover this week. It's all the story. It's all the like some guy was talking about how like he was looking for his team's you know after his team I forget which team was had an upset win this weekend. He wanted to go read his local paper about the upset win, and everything was all about Trump and the fucking kneeling and the and the flag and all the stuff. He couldn't even read about the game. Ruined, I, I see Ruined. both sides of it. I think sports coverage, when they talk about the game, is pretty annoying too. But yeah, but you're, maybe, not, you're not a football fan. What's the fan. point of it? We know who won. You're not. A we don't know who's gonna win. It's porn. Your it's, predictions are gonna be wrong. Here's how I look at it, Matt. It's porn. This is something you can relate to, since you don't like football that much, <laughs> but you're addicted to porn. Football for a lot of men is like porn. So imagine if before your porn clip came on, you had to do a three minute thing where people were making political statements. All right, but I also wouldn't need the guy being like, so here she's going to do the doggy style. And as you can see, he's really getting in there. Yeah, I don't like, really I don't like, delivering the penetration. Yeah, I, don't like the, I don't like the commentation. Although a female commentator might work in that case. Uh, this week's show is sponsored by the rapper Young Dolph. Young Dolph. Uh, nobody knew who the fuck you were, but getting shot at Hollywood Highland and dragging your bloody body into a shoe store is pretty old school. I saw the coverage <laughs> on the news. Right? <laughs> Where Young Dolph got shot by young, no, dot, Dottie. Gotti, Gotti, Yo Gotti. I was like, say the rap name the first time and then just be like, and then Mr. Smith ran into the shoe store. <laughs> oh, you mean their real names? Dude, I can't take your news seriously when you're calling the guy Young 
Dottie and whatever. Yeah, it was uh, Yo Gotti got into a beef with a uh, young Dolph outside the Lowe's. Outside the Lowe's. What and- are the qualifications <laughs> for being a rapper now? Uh, it, well, I'll say this. Yo Gotti, I only know the name because he was in a, he has a music video with Nicki Minaj. Okay. Which just makes him semi-legitimate in terms of whatever the... F- Here's the thing. I think when you and I were growing up, certainly when you were growing up, when I was growing up, we didn't allow black people to sing. When, I, when you were growing up, I think there were like five rappers, right? Maybe ten that were like you could name or cared about. Yeah. Now there seem to be a hundred, at least a hundred. And because, well, for one reason, hip-hop industry as a money maker has exploded. So there's just more business for everybody. Like a guy like Yo Gotti or Young Dolph, who you've never heard of before, probably can still make mid-six figures a year doing their shit. Right. Whereas, you know, 20 years ago, you had to be run DMC or a few other acts to make money as a, as a rapper. Which also speaks to the fact that in their heyday, run DMC, much like I don't, would not be hanging out on Hollywood and Highland, <laughs> um, you know, talking shit to other dudes. No, but they were like, even the early gangster rappers and shit like that, there weren't that many. I mean, you know, Snoop Dogg, when he came along, there were like three or four or five guys who every, and they dominated the radio, they dominated the charts, they dominated the videos, everything. Now, if you, if you watch this shit, there's like literally a hundred dudes you've never heard of before that have like millions of views on their videos and stuff like that. So I assume they're making money. And even if you have heard of them, you don't know what, what their music sounds like. But it all sounds the same. It's I, probably I, a lot of like, you know. Here's what I can tell. They all, wear, they all wear crowns, they have bitches on their lap, and they sit on thrones in their videos. And talk about their money. <laughs> That's just like, and their beefs, and their beef. So actually, uh, speaking of Young Dolph, doing my Young Dolph research, his song is called 100 Bullets, or his album's called 100 Bullets, because last spring, Yo Gotti shot up his car with 100 Bullets, his SUV, <laughs> which, which actually, I'm actually kind of into this, because this is very old school rap, right? This is actually, they're actually firing real bullets. This is not a Twitter beef, they're actually firing real bullets now. Uh, yeah, I guess so. But whoever shot Tupac and Biggie, <clears throat> they didn't just park their car at the gas station no. next door the with Escalade, the plate the Escalade, on it. The, Escalade, the gold Escalade. <laughs> and run away. <laughs> yes. It was pretty bad. Uh, my only thing about Young Dolph, I feel bad for him, although he is going to survive. But you got to admit, a rapper taking bullets and bleeding out in the street is pretty old school. That's pretty, that's pretty original gangster right there. True. He dragged himself into the shoe palace there at the, at the corner. <laughs> If he'd just gone 20 feet further, he could have got the lucky strike to bowling alley. <laughs> and you really, as a rapper, you really got to think, if I get shot, where do I want the story to be, like in 20 years, the VH1 story to be about? Yeah. Do I want it to be I dragged myself into a discount shoe store, or do I drag myself to Lucky Strike's bowl? You also, know? much better accommodations at the Lucky Strike couches yes. you can lay down on yes. while you're bleeding out. Yes. Uh, the he shoe did. store, what, do they clear off a rack? At Dude, the- he, dra- he, dra- he got shot three times and dragged himself in the store. And by the way, the blood is still on the street. I got to call I got to call a big thumbs up on this one for me cuz it's been a while with all the fucking Twitter beefs and social media wars and Drake like saying someone threw a bottle at his head or whatever. <laughs> this is actually dudes who drew a gun at 1:30 in the afternoon at like in a busy in front of a busy hotel and shot a guy three times. This is a feel good story. This is really rap going in the right direction. Did the you right see direction. the woman they interviewed? It was a white lady who looked uh, well like a normal white a younger white lady and she goes, "Yeah, I heard the shots." This is what she said. I heard the gunshots. I didn't know what it was. Then I saw the guns, and I said, maybe I should get out of here. <laughs> it's, well, you're not. This is not like the hood, dude. It's Hollywood and Highland. People are. Oh. And by the way, it's half the half the uh, half the characters in the costumes there in Hollywood Highland are, are felons, <laughs> <laughs> child molesters. It's just a lot of tourists. You don't expect that in that area. 
I call this the positive for rap. This could be the return of rap. I might get interested in it again. I think uh, so, too. If you wish to contact the show, hit us on Twitter, Last Men Podcast, or on Facebook, also Last Men Podcast. All right, on to the show. <laughs> I know you're a big Richard Simmons fan. You don't like to work out, but you like gay men with froze. I respect Simmons in that uh, he's, you cannot say he was not original, or is not. He was a he was a guy who was like first of all refused to come out of the closet for like forever. He never he still hasn't come out of the closet. He was the gayest like dude anyone ever met in his like little dolphin shorts and his tank tops and stuff. Yeah. But every time like David Letterman used to harass him about like how gay he was, <laughs> and he just would like look give him that like bitchy look like a queen look, but he never like would go along with it. Which he, would be so inappropriate now. To... It's so inappropriate. <laughs> but he spent his life basically with fat women. I don't remember all the old stories, the old shows, like where he would just like have fat women, like obese women crying on him. Yeah, they would always cry about how they can't stop eating. Yeah, and he would hug them. He basically spent 20 years hugging fat women. Well, he also, I mean, he made a lot of money off of his tapes, but he had a class in Beverly Hills uh, up until recently that you could go into for free and like... He would, like, break down about stuff. He would, like, cry with the people. Yeah. I would have gone if I'd known it was free just to check it out. Well, you hugged him and cried? And his, uh... Well, apparently he would sexually harass every fucking new guy that came in there. <laughs> There's... So it wasn't totally free. <laughs> uh, so Richard Simmons disappeared like three years ago, and there are all these rumors about what happened. He literally just stopped making public appearances, stopped making TV appearances, locked in his house. There's all these stories about him. Of course, the age stories come up. Of course, anytime a gay guy starts disappearing, all sorts of weird shit. And then the Inquirer last year came out with a story, of course, that said he had become a woman, which didn't seem far fetched at the time, because you know he was super duper gay and effeminate to begin with. Yeah. And this is after Caitlyn Jenner and all that other stuff. You just assume like old gay dudes are now becoming women, but they actually put a picture of him on the cover, like in a wig, and said he was calling himself Fiona and had all these surgeries and. You know, it's the Inquirer. You don't take it seriously, although you sort of go like, okay, I believe this. Well, did they, like, Photoshop a, a picture of him? Or? Yeah, basically. It look, it was, <laughs> I don't know how the Inquirer gets Well, he kind of looks like a, an old woman already. Yeah, so I think they got a bad-looking photo of him and just, like, colored it a little bit and put him, like, in a soft pose the and shit like that. The thing that hurts my feelings about this is I think Richard Simmons was actually crying over the Inquirer, like, in his mansion. Oh, yeah. No, I think he was, like, he, he reminds me of, like, a Willy Wonka character. Who actually like hid himself away from the world because he was just too sensitive? Mm-hmm. Like he just didn't like the way the world had become so so mad and evil. Yeah, yeah. So he just locked himself in a crying closet and just cries all day long. <laughs> it's just it's just sad because, like you said, I mean, other than other than the uh, groping, he seemed like a really good guy. You know, his yeah. heart was. I mean, I think he legitimately wanted to help people, fat women lose weight. Yeah, I do too. And help them. And I guess he was was he a fat person to begin with or something like? There's always a story. Yeah, like he used this. to be. He used to be fat when he was really young. Yeah, so I kind of like I kind of feel for those guys. So anyhow, he sued the Inquirer, saying that they called him a, a, a trans, say he was a transgender, and how that was going to destroy his, you know, whatever it was injurious and all this other stuff. And the Inquirer being the bastards that they are, because they just. They're really, I, I know people, they're just really horrible, horrible people there. Mm-hmm. They're just like lowest common denominator. They're not evil, but they're lowest common denominator. They know it and they live, they live for it. So anything they get away with saying about people that's shitty about them, they'll, they'll get away with. It's like they have a grudge against everyone. I don't think they even have a grudge. I think they just want to get money. I think they just want to make money off sensational stories. This isn't like the 
the nerdy guy with a folder of people he's going to kill type of thing? No, this is like how, just mercenary. How do we make money by making up stories about celebrities, even if it makes them kill themselves? They're like nihilists. Yes. Okay. Well, for cash, yes. <laughs> and, uh, and they do very well, by the way, because they know what the, the 20% of the American public wants to see, which is just horrible, horrible stories about people. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so anyhow, so he sued, and uh, it, went to, it was going to go to court, and then the inquirer said, no, wait a minute, we're filing this, like, kill this lawsuit action because calling somebody transgender is not on its face defamatory. Mm-hmm. And I thought, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. And it went to court and the judge said, yeah, you're right. The inquirer's right. Just calling the, the fact that Simmons said calling, them, calling him a tranny, transgendered, was a put down is not a put down in society anymore. It's actually... You win an award for it. Yeah, you win an award you for it. You win an ESPY. You're the cool dude who wears a dress out to nightclubs and gets uh, on the... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like you're the, the fun-loving, uh, uh, cross-dressing, drunk uh, tranny with all the cool friends. You can't even make fun of them. You can't make fun of them. And in fact, you actually get the cover of Vogue magazine. You're lauded if you're a tranny. Everyone's looking to hire you. Everyone wants to slap your back. Everyone wants you at their dinner party. They want you on their award show. I think this judge is pretty right. Yeah. So the judge like, no, calling, saying someone a man has become a woman is like a huge, it's like a big popularity thing. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, on its face, it's not defamatory. Then he, since the case was thrown out before he went to trial, in the U.S., you, in the U.S., the losing, loser case doesn't have to pay legal fees. Like in England, if you sue somebody and you lose, you have, to pay, you have to pay their legal fees, the defense's legal fees. Mm-hmm. And that stops a lot of frivolous lawsuits. In the U.S., you can sue the shit out of somebody, and even if you lose, they still have to pay their own legal fees. So there's a lot more lawsuits in the U.S. But if it gets thrown out before it even goes to trial on its face for being not having legal standing, then you do have to pay the legal fees of the defense, which, by the way, for the inquirer, is in the millions now. So they had the most expensive attorney, Beverly Hills attorney, representing them for six months before it went to trial. So Simmons is now on the hook for millions of dollars of legal fees to the inquirer. That seems kind of unfair. I feel like there should be a cap on those fees. You can't just pay your buddy $50 million to represent you. Well, they, they, there is, a, there is a, a cap. If lawyers charge 1200 bucks an hour, the judge will go, okay, that seems, that's fair. I mean, it's industry rates for A-list Beverly Hills attorneys. So they'll build, you know whatever a thousand hours and all of a sudden that's whatever amount of money it is it's right. 1.8 million or something like that so it's gonna be in the millions but here's the thing isn't this like the case of like the, the snake biting its own tail where like you know Simmons went on this whole L- LGBTQ rant and I've always said I will maintain this till the day I die the LGB adding T to the group killed them it was the worst decision it was like it was like a NFL expansion where you take on a bad expansion team? Yeah, <laughs> they just you take on like the, you take on like a really horrible like Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> it was just like they took on T, even though T represents a very small fraction of their population, and it's caused so much pain for them. Yeah, not to mention there's some revisionist history going on. Like if you're watching the news, uh, they'll say, you know, this woman back in the 20s was an LGBT activist, and you're like. No, she wasn't. She was trying to get the right for women to vote. She didn't care about trans people at all. That no. wasn't even a thing. No, she probably hated gay people. <laughs> she was probably Margaret Sanger trying to kill all the black people. Yeah. Um, well, no, I think, so, but I think people have come. It took, here's what I feel like. It took like decades and decades and decades for like gay rights activists to convince the vast majority of Americans that it's okay to be gay and gay people are people too, right? Which is yeah. kind of what they wanted to get gay acceptance. And they got the gay marriage rights and all the other stuff. And then all of a sudden they added trannies. And they added the most, a very tiny fraction, but a very dramatic, overreaching <laughs> like element of men wearing dresses yeah. who want to go into women's rooms to pee to their group. 
like they actually added like it, it, tranny is like a whole different ballgame than, than, than someone saying someone's gay because that's everyone said okay what they do in the bedroom whatever I don't give a shit what they do at home or who they love or who they have sex with yeah but now you're talking about public like public appearance and not only that but guys who are very make people very uncomfortable well not to mention the the LGBT uh, activist groups uh they maintain that a guy in a dress is a woman if that's what he believes, right? Correct. Um, so that means that he's a woman. So if he's going at it with another woman, meaning a biological born woman, he's uh, a lesbian. And if he's uh, going at it, no, then he, yeah, then he's a lesbian. And if he's uh, banging a natural born man, then he's a heterosexual. Um, but if these are so, if a dude in a dress is just a woman, we don't need the T there. I see what you're because saying because everyone falls into the group of gay or straight. That was way complicated, but I think I see what you're saying. Well, it's complicated. It's, it hurts my brain to think about. Well, because T is like it's so it, it opens it up to saying like the gay thing was very contained. The gay thing was very contained. Like you're born, they said we're born gay. We like the same sex. It's a very simple argument that people, of course, 50 years ago didn't agree with, but now most people agree with. I get that. But T opened it up to this like very abstract. This very like, oh, it's my uncle Tom who likes to wear come down in dresses like in a Christmas in a Christmas dress. You know, the drunk uncle who likes to wear stockings or whatever. It became like this whole sexual fetishy sort of abstract. I can declare it one day, undeclare it the next day yeah, kind of gender thing. Gender fluid. That means you're a woman one day and a guy the next. It takes away from the whole biological argument that gay people had, which is like we're born this way, and everyone goes, Okay, I get it. It's like it's like the color of your hair, the color of your skin. I get that. It's, it's something you didn't like. They, uh, gay people always had the thing like, would you think we'd choose to be gay if we had a choice? It's not a choice. But T really seems like a choice. Yeah. And I think to most people it feels that way. And then before it kind of ruins their argument. Uh, but back to Richard Simmons. Isn't he now, I mean, isn't this a sign that the, sort of, again, the, the, the snake is consuming its own tail? Because they've made so many strides in, the, in their activism, now you can't, like, claim, you can't claim to be, this is something you, you talk about a lot, how you claim to be both amazing and also a victim at the same time. Yeah. You see it with women a lot, too. Like, well, I'm, I'm, now, I'm now the first female president of whatever company, but I'm also still victimized. Yeah, don't yeah. Think, don't think I'm not victimized. As good as things are, like, yes, I might be an NFL player making 12 million a year, but you, believe you me, I'm still a victim. Yeah, it's kind of like when they legalized, um, I don't know if legalized is the right word, but they, they made women eligible for the military draft. Yes. And there were women complaining, like, that they can't fight in combat, uh, which I don't know why you wouldn't just take that as a, as a privilege. Um, but then there were a lot that like, well, we shouldn't have to be in the draft either. It's like, well, which is it? Well, I was like, I told you this story, too. Even when, like, I had a, several gay friends when they were, like, trying to make gay marriage legal. And they're like, no, no, don't. It's like, I'm a guy. I'm gay, but I'm a guy. I don't want to get married. <laughs> and my, my boyfriend wants to get married. The only thing keeping us from getting married is this law that says we can't. I knew a bunch. I knew a bunch of gay guys who were like secretly very much against legalizing gay marriage because they never wanted to get married. And then the minute it got passed, they all had to go down to the courthouse and get married. <laughs> like it was like if you had a gay boyfriend, you had to get married. That's a sign of like you were you were you know on the right side of the of the law. Right. And so like I knew a bunch of guys who were like no 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 this is bad. Like imagine having a law that says you can't get married. So did those all turn into like common law marriages, like dudes that were living together for years and years. Well, no, they actually when they became, when the California passed the law, they went and got they went and got legally married, and now it's the law of the land. 
But I mean, you know, this is like 10 years ago when it was first started happening. But, but what if some fuckboy just lived with you for 20 years? No, what I'm saying is these guys had boyfriends who, and the boyfriend wanted to get married. Yeah. And the, the other guy, you know, the, the, the dom was like, oh. was like saying like, yeah, I wish we could, but this law says we can't. The what guy can you had do? more money. The guy had more money. The guy was more masculine and was like, oh, no, we can't, you know. So like imagine as a straight guy, if there's a law saying you can never marry your girlfriend, you'd be like, oh man, I still want to marry you, but uh, yeah. this, law, this oppressive law, man. <laughs> like, yeah, guys. It's much more of a drop-off w- with straight people in terms of uh, income inequality between the two couples. Yes. It's always one dude who's like a fucking multimillionaire and another dude who just lives in his house. Takes a lot of hobby classes. <laughs> <laughs> Takes a lot of acting classes. Yeah. They're always in acting class, right? Oh, they're, yeah. always like going up for, they're always up for a commercial. All right, Richard, I feel bad for you. Like I said, I think he's a good dude. But now here's the thing. So you can't no longer... If something is amazing, like being transgender, being a man who's like now a woman, then you can't also claim it as you can't claim it as, legally claim it as victimhood any longer. Although you still can in federal court. Do so. you think they were the LGBT people were are annoyed by the even they are, are which you know I, I'm a I'm on their side, but when it got into the gender, fluid, I know you're on their side. <laughs> the gender fluid and sexually uh, fluid. Uh, that even they were like, we're not going to add the F and the whatever. Like, we're, we're done. I think it's, I think it's a generate. I honestly think, I, I know but the, the reasonable number of gay couples, mostly male couples. I know a couple of lesbian couples, but mostly male couples. I think, it's a gener- I think it's a generational issue. I think the older gay couples, you know, like anyone over like 35, 40, they just don't want all this. Sh- just like any other old person, they don't want all this new shit. Yeah. And I think all the college age, 20-something, more activist gay people want it all. Just because they are for activism of any kind, and then anyone who's like counterculture, they're for. Like when you're young, you're for anything counterculture, and then when you're old, like they say, when everyone over forty is a Republican. I think it's even true of like gay dudes. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah. all care about their IRA and their four hundred one k and their other shit, and they don't really want to rock the boat anymore. They have their gay, they have gay marriage, not whatever. They're kind of fine. They're making money. They have dual income, no kids. In a lot of cases, they're they're going on a lot of cruises. Buying like have a really nice lifestyle now, right? Yeah. And if they live in LA or New York or other places, they live in a really socially progressive gay enclave, so they're really happy, and they don't want to start adding all this other shit with like, they don't want the dude next door who dresses like a woman every other weekend to be part of their group. Yeah, the dude, because at a certain point, then like essentially straight dudes will just take over the whole group. So it'll be like uh, questioning. Yeah, I don't know. I sat on a park yes. bench one afternoon. Yes. Um, I was in the same room one time. Uh, my roommate got a blowjob. I don't know. Like, do I fit in? Where's my letter? I think it's like you see, like the college, sort of like the college activists from the '60s now are coming out against the new college activists, saying like we were fighting war. We were you know against we were against war. We were against all this other shit, and you guys are against like some half baked crap that no one can even understand. Like. Whatever. By the by, the way, there's still tons of wars going on. You guys are no longer protesting, <laughs> and it's just kind of like I think it's an older. It's a generational thing. Yeah, older generation always assumes the younger generation is full of shit, no matter what they're for, and they're generally correct. So in this case, they appear to be poor Dick Simmons. He should have named his name. The Dick Simmons would have been the best. <laughs> Matt, speaking of taking a knee in the NFL. Uh, do you think anyone in the NFL actually has a clue as to what they're taking a knee for? Yeah, I do. I, I think they're pissed about Trump's actions, his uh, sort of indifferent stance on the uh, Charlottesville issue. Um, and then he, he sort of is, is doing a, a terrible job of things in general. Um, he's race baiting. And, the, you know, I think that was obvious during the election. 
And, you know, I thought I think a lot of these black guys uh, don't appreciate it. And so, they're, it's, you know, they might not have, like, a very one-sentence concise answer, but I think, that, you know, they're just looking around. Like, Wait, What do the just, white guys feel like on the – just have to go along? I think you cannot disagree with the black guys. I just think so, too. Unless you're like uh, Tom Brady, you can vote for Trump. No one gives a shit. I think I even mean, Tom Brady had to do his, like, thing about, like, how he agree with his teammates and shit like that. If you're in the locker room and 70, 70%, of, 70% of NFL are black, players are black, if you're and, and by the way, there's only like two businesses in the entire country where that's true: the NFL and the NBA. Those are the only two businesses you can work for, like in the United States, where it's like majority black employees. Well, there's also the thing that if you hang out at a business or just socially with most black guys, you're probably yeah, you know, you'll realize that they're pretty normal. You know, the the people that are hardcore Trump supporters don't know any black people or minorities. No, but I'm saying if you're in the if you're in the NFL, you have to go. I mean, you have to be go along with the protest. There's no way you can not go along with the protest at this point. I think you can be indifferent. I don't think you have to. They're not all. Dude, if you're, if you're like on a t- if you were like cast on a TV show and they took a break before shooting one day to do like a, a protest for like some stupid like I don't know what it would be something that really pissed you off. Mm. Some progressive, super progressive, like lesbian thing that really pissed you off, and they all said that we're all going to have a moment of silence to bow our heads. You'd have to bow your head, right? Because otherwise, you'd be fired. You'd never work again. You would get a, like, you know, you'd have to go along in the workplace. You kind of have to go along with shit. Yeah, probably. I mean, look, I'm sure there are a few. I'm calling you a fucking sellout, dude. <laughs> would you stand and go fuck those lesbians and their rights to reproduction? It depends or on if it went into syndication already. Probably not. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm sure there's a few guy, a few NFL guys that that supported Trump. That still do well on the other. I mean, on the other side, you look at like Google, and you can't come out Google and say like men and women are biologically different. Or you get fired. So there's no. a workplace. There's a workplace culture, a dominant culture at the workplace that you have to kind of follow, and especially in sports where you know you're like it's a very collegial brotherhood kind of thing where you're fucking naked with dudes. <laughs> you can't just like be the one guy who goes like fuck you guys. I'm for the police. You know, it's not gonna. It's just not gonna work out well for you. I just think if you're, you know. If you're into football, like I think football is sort of racist in general, but I don't think hardly anyone involved at a, at a high level of football is probably a racist dude because you're, you're just around fucking black guys all the time. So like you might you know find more some, racist than the average guy. Some annoying things about any group, but yeah. you're probably not like uh, yeah, we want the police to shoot him. Well, no, because know? sports is one of those rare, very rare sectors of the country where it's a complete meritocracy. Where the only thing people care about is how good you are. Right. Like how strong you are, how fast you are, how well you tackle, how well you block, how well you catch. People can give a shit what color you were, what your ethnic origin is, what your religion is. If you can fucking beat the crap out of people on Sunday on the field, that's all they care about. And in that sense, it's the most like open type environment, you know, occupational environment we have. Because it's a, it's a complete, there is no, there is no affirmative, there's no racism, there's no reverse racism, it's complete. The rosters are completely set by who the best players are. Although I know you feel bad about Luke Walton on the... On the For the <laughs> most part. I mean, they might throw an extra white guy on the team or two. You think so? They think like, we got a backup slot, let's get a, let's get a white guy out here. Yeah, the Celtics might do some they shit They wouldn't like even that. take fucking Donald Sam, the, gay, the first gay player, because he wasn't very good. <laughs> Michael like, Sam. Yeah. Michael Sam, that's how bad it got. Like, they actually, like, that's how much of a meritocracy it was. They wouldn't even take... The one feel-good story, gay dude, because he just they didn't they didn't have extra spot for him on the roster, and he wasn't very good at the NFL level. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think to me, it's like it's the least. It's the least. I mean, to me, the NFL is not the place for these kinds of protests. First of all, the guys are all millionaires; they're all making money. 
to some degree, most almost all of them came out of very poor circumstances and have risen by the age of 25 to be millionaires. So in some sense, these are the biggest American success stories that we have. So I know they're still subject to some intimidation or some mistreatment by the police because of their skin color. But they're not. It's just so hard to see these guys who go. To, here's my: if you can go to the club, nightclub and bring home four hot girls just by snapping your fingers, you're just not that oppressed. It's just not. You're not the guy who's oppressed that badly. Well, there's a few angles to it. So I know in the NBA and in the, in the NFL, uh, pretty similarly, the players. You, you know, if you did this at Walmart because they don't have a union or what what union they have is obviously bullshit. And it's been busted on purpose by billionaires. Um, if you took a knee at walmart you'd probably be fired immediately you would be fired that second but they really have half the power and the owners have the other half uh, trump has no power no uh, so it doesn't matter what he says well the owners could still they look, look they are clearly blackballing kaepernick they were i don't know now he's gonna now someone's got to hire him now but they were clearly blackballing kaepernick there's no doubt about that in my mind and I don't, I don't mean that in an evil way. I just mean I think nobody wanted the trouble of having him on their team. Yeah, I don't know if blackballing is the right word. I mean, he's barely good enough to make a team. No, he, dude, he's, I think I watched him for years as a 49er fan. He is clearly, let's say there's 30 teams and two quarterbacks in each team. He's in the top 60, and he's not even at 58 or 59. He's probably like in the thir- 20, 30s maybe. Yeah, but if the, if he's so if he's he almost the, won a, he almost won, he won an NFL championship and almost won a Super Bowl. He was terrible the last two years he played. He was, but dude, <laughs> he didn't uh, even play. Okay, I can only say this again as a 49er fan. Brian Hoyer's their current quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> dude sucks so bad. Their back of his Bethard, whatever his name is, who just got there because his dad was a general manager. I mean, there's so many. There's like a, half the teams in the NFL have shitty quarterbacks, and if you look at their backups, even shittier. Kaepernick deserves a job based on merit somewhere in the system. So, yeah, but you got to factor in attitude, and I don't oh, yeah, know what he's was, like yeah. personally. I mean, if it was a dude that showed up in a dress, you might be like, "Well, it seems like he has an agenda here." And, well, that's what I mean by blackballing. They're blackballing his his off field, and that could have been part of the reason Sam didn't make a team is he was just fucking annoying because he was kissing he, the dude with the cake in his mouth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, true. and he fucking tried to secure a reality show yes. before he went to training camp on the fucking Oprah Network. Yeah, so although, maybe they're just like, I don't want to deal with this. If you're really prick. good, like James Harden, they don't care if you're dating a Kardashian or whatever because you're really good. Yeah, if you're good, yeah, nobody gives. But if it's a coin flip, it's like it's not worth it. Let's get someone else that, that doesn't bother me. Hey, what's your solution to the NFL anthem issue? Keep it going. Really? Keep kneeling, locking arms. Well, first of all, I know you don't even like the anthem being played at the, at the games. Yeah, it makes no sense. I, I agree with that. But now they can't. Now that people have dug in, they can't get rid of it. Now they're going to start doing like three songs. <laughs> they're going to start doing like Pledge Allegiance. They're going to do like God Bless America, the national anthem. They're going to bring out like. I hate to say it, but they're going to bring out like crippled veterans and stuff like that, and, and like force them to shame the guys who are kneeling. And, and stuff like going to start like jerking off during the anthem <laughs> on the want, other side. They're going to fly the helicopters in. They're going to bring in like the guy who landed in Normandy and like whatever else it is. As, as the army and marines have been secretly <laughs> under the table paying the NFL to do it. Well, propaganda I, I, funny, displays. funny you should mention that because now they're saying uh, a senator came out. Yes, it was McCain. I think it was McCain, but I believe his brain died like three years ago. Uh, <laughs> He's actually said now, he talked about that funding, and he said they're going to pull it. He wants to pull it. That se- uh, whatever the secret, not-so-secret funding, he wants to pull from the NFL now because of their, their non-pledge, non-anthem standing. Oh, so we don't have fucking jets flying over the stadium. Who gives a fuck? Uh, well, they're all, they're all closed domes now. It's not, as exciting. it's not as exciting anymore. You know, it's a fun fact for anyone that equates patriotism to watching football. When they pull out that ridiculously oversized gaudy flag that the giant flag covers the whole field the entire field yes did you know the proper flag ceremony is that the flag doesn't touch the ground yes if you have a flag and you're flying it up your flagpole in the morning for unknown reasons um 
You don't let it touch the ground when you fold it up. That's a breach of God protocol. bless you for being raised in a Republican state, Matt, that you know that. You know that. <laughs> so when you're doing it and it's on the field, right there, that's not especially true to form or patriotic. No. All I can think about when I see that giant flag is, is when they fold it up, it must be stored in, in a... In a facility that's larger than most apartments I had in my 20s. <laughs> that's all I ever... I don't know why I think about that. Uh, my feeling in general, as you're feeling about the anthem, my feeling in general always that I don't like to see when millionaires protest. When really rich people protest, I'm, not a, I'm certainly not a classist. I, I have no problem with people being rich and the, all these guys making as much money, especially sort of damaging the shit out of their brains. Which, for the record, none of them are protesting. <laughs> like the, <laughs> the fact that they're all going to be dead, brain dead by 45. They're not taking a knee for that. They're not taking a knee for like domestic violence or rape or baby. What if you're? What if you're like uh, so many bigger issues? What's the guy's name? Thabo Cephalosha, I think it is. Uh, who's in the NBA? He yes. was on the Hawks at the time. He was in New York, and this is a—he's not a thug. Not that that would excuse you know assaulting him for no reason, but he's a European dude. No, I don't like European dudes. And they, the police tackled him and fucked his leg up yes. for no reason. Uh, what if you're on his team? Wouldn't you feel like maybe taking a knee then? I mean, now it's affected your team and you know the guy. Yeah, I don't. Well, they did. They did some protests for, for with him. I think. I don't. I just. I don't think. I don't want NFL to be. First of all, it reeks of slack. It reeks reeks of slacktivism, because really, yeah. other than Kaepernick, no one's suffering any consequences. These guys are doing this now. When they, when you know there's no consequences and you're just doing, when you're Jerry Jones is locking arms with you and taking a knee. Yeah. At some point you got to realize this is just like it. Ju- you jumped the shark. You that's already like, jumped the shark. That's like the NBA guys, like Steph Curry, talking to the commissioner and being like, "Hey, so what can we do that won't get us fined or like suspended?" Yes. yes. Okay. Well, at that point, I, I think you're, you've uh, lost the fucking. Well, you're thing, of you're, the I know your thing is like the protest when people actually do less than they would normally do. So guys are actually sitting. They're actually instead of standing, they're actually kneeling, literally kneeling. They're doing less work literally during the anthem than they would when they have to stand. So they're actually taking a break. But Dude. now that you're pissing everyone off, you are. I mean, there are going to be some consequences, like zero. I think zero. I don't know. I, maybe this is just like football is probably going uh, the way of the dodo anyway with all the brain stuff coming out. So maybe this is just like how well, well, this is a nice metaphor for America. Just like Okay, well I'll say this. So. The NASCAR, NASCAR came out and said they would whatever, suspend or terminate deals with whoever like didn't stand there in National Anthem. Which is sort of like whatever, preaching to the choir because no, that's not going to happen in NASCAR. But if a, NASCAR, a big NASCAR driver did it, I would say, okay, that's a thing. You know, you just got, fought, you just got your ass fired. You lost millions of dollars. That's at least a thing. In the NFL, these guys are, nothing's going to happen to these guys. It's ridiculous. And they're watching millionaires take knees and all this shit like that. You know, it's just, they've, in one, here's the thing. In one week, they've already managed to jump the shark. <laughs> and I don't know what's going to happen next week, but it's just going to be. It, I like the drama of it. I, I, you know, the season's young, so I do look forward to following this aspect of uh, the season. Uh, you and I will never agree in football because I'm a football fan. Matt, let me ask you. We got an email from Eddie about Melissa Joan Hart. I know you were a big fan of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. You would turn that on in your room and close, lock the doors. I don't even know what that is. Sabrina, sorry, Brian, you were a big fan of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I mean, I remember Melissa Joan Hart from Clarissa explains it all in my youth, but I never actually watched uh, that show. But I guess she was younger in Sabrina, right? Which one was she younger in? I think she was older in Teenage Witch. Okay, so whenever she turned eighteen, you were legally allowed to masturbate to her. <laughs> That's when you fell in love with her. <laughs> I know, right? She was just like, it seems to me like you could line all these Disney girls up that when they were like 16 and they all look exactly the same, which was all, actually now they've, they've gone Hispanic now in the last few years, but like in the 90s, it was all blonde, just identical looking blonde Aryan chicks right. who were like 16, never had big chests, 
were very cute and adorable and just had like a little a little pudgy in the cheeks. They were certainly a look, right? The very non non sexual uh, yet cute Olsen twins look. Yeah, well they were they were emaciated, but they were, when they were babies. So Melissa Joan Hart is in trouble. Eddie wants to know. Melissa Joan Hart mentions how her vacation to the Dominican Republic was fucked up by Hurricane Maria, <laughs> <laughs> and everybody called her insensitive. But isn't that how a normal person views Caribbean hurricanes? And I. I feel bad for Melissa Joan Hart because I think she's honestly actually a pretty good person. I know she does a lot of charity work. She doesn't bug anybody. She's Her mom, by the way, owns a candy store down the street from here. Oh. Yes. So, I mean, what kind of bad people own candy stores? <laughs> That's like only nice people own candy stores and pedophiles. Uh, but like, so her first reaction when her vacation, her big planned family vacation to the Caribbean was when the hurricane came and it was canceled vacation was like, oh no, they, you know, we have to cancel our vacation. It was like, oh, you're so fucking insensitive to the hurricane. <laughs> There's like no hurricane political correctness. But I asked you this before the show, Matt, if you had a trip with your girlfriend or something planned to like the Bahamas, a big, and you know, big thing you plunked money down for. And then the hurricane came and ruined it. Wouldn't that be your first thought as well? I don't know if it'd be the first thought. My another thought might be, I'm glad we didn't fly into the hurricane. Yeah, that's right. Um, <laughs> it's like, but you, but you won't be like, oh man, the poor natives of St. Thomas, the people who were going to serve me my my, my cocktails, <laughs> the and people I'm exploiting at the all inclusive. <laughs> my masseuse. I hope my masseuse is okay, and the and the guy I tip a dollar who brings my the my beer who make fifty cents an hour and are right. shipped to a ghetto. After their 18-hour shift. Is it really that selfish to think that way, like, in the initial? I know, and she felt bad and retracted afterwards, but it's not exactly how everybody feels when their vacation gets canceled by some hurricane in a Central American country or a natural disaster. I don't know. I mean, I know that would be part of how I would feel, but I don't think I would... uh I'm not sure that would be my first thought because, you know, it's like the whole island is being destroyed. But, but this I is, know that I wouldn't, like, tweet it or, like, say it out loud or whatever she did. Yeah, but the people tweet. That's the whole point of Twitter is, like, you write shit, like, in the moment because people have no, they have no ability to censor themselves. And the whole thing about Twitter was you have to actually you write it, like, you know, in your car or on the toilet or whatever, like, when it hits you. <laughs> and you have, like, 10 seconds to think about it. You have to tweet it out immediately because your feelings have to be on Twitter. So she wrote, it sucks to, about the hurricane. Now I have to cancel my vacation? Yeah, but it wasn't, I mean, if you look at it, if you say it that way after the fact, it sounds really insensitive <laughs> because, of course, after that, everyone's like, oh, my God, but I love the, you know, this is like Richard Branson, the one guy I don't feel bad in the hurricane because his island got destroyed. Oh, like, yeah. oh, dude, my island, my private island got destroyed. Oh, I'm sorry. That must be fucking rough. <laughs> like, sorry about your island, your Caribbean island, dude. Like, if you own an island, I don't feel bad for you for anything. It could fucking sink. I don't give a shit. It's also not a private island. It's a fucking swingers retreat. Whatever the, whatever the, fuck, it, whatever the fuck it is. Like, if, if you're a billionaire, you own an island. I don't care about your island. But, so, bigger question than any of this is who the fuck goes to vacation in the Dominican Republic? Which <laughs> just like... I don't know. This is... She was going down there for some Nickelodeon-themed thing, which she was getting paid for. I feel like anybody, just anybody normal who's not like, you know how Twitter is and the fucking social media shaming. There's anything you write in the first, like, five minutes, you should be forgiven, you should be forgiven for. Because you don't have the, con- I don't think she meant to, like, that she didn't give a shit about hurricane people. Like, she's not that, it wasn't like, you know, some out of, totally out of touch, touch aristocrat. That was just her first feeling it was like. She got her kids and everything else, and she's going to go on this trip, and now it's canceled the day before or whatever. And she's like, oh, no, fuck, my vacation got canceled. But I feel like that's like when people think of ugly American. Yes. Like that would perfectly illustrate, like in one sentence, in one tweet, why the rest of the world doesn't like us. Yeah, but aren't the ugly Americans the only people giving tourism dollars to the Dominican Republic? (laughs) I mean, yes, rich, rich blonde chicks from L.A. are bringing tourism dollars to the islands. 
and that's who they are. But I, I don't think she was menacing about that or uncaring about that. I don't know. I feel like I feel bad because I feel like that's the first thing I would think about. <laughs> I know it would be you too, so I'd just stop fucking addressing it. It was like a hurricane was going to hit Texas. It was like, oh, Texas, this is bad. It was like, oh, Texas, I don't care about Texas that much, but fuck, it's like the Gulf Coast, Texas. I might know people there. And Florida, Florida's going to be hit. And like my grandma lives there. Like someone, I know someone there. And then when they sweep through like 37 islands of the Caribbean that got completely destroyed, it was like, yeah, you know, whatever. St. Lucia, yeah, like Dominica. Dominica's gone. Well, yeah, whatever. That's like, true. Like, it's a place you've never once even thought about the people that live there in your entire life. No. Um, and it's like... Including what your own government might be doing there, <laughs> yes. such as in Haiti, yeah. overthrowing a democratically elected, uh, elected president. It's a, it's a... When there's an earthquake in Italy, you don't get all worked up, right? So you might like be like, oh, but you had these big plans for vacation in Italy and got fucked up. That's what you'd think about. Matt, you're lying now. You're thinking about how to lie, and it's really bothering me. I'm thinking me. if Florida was going to get hit, I might be like... Oh, even, no. I, even I didn't... Was it, well, here's what happened. They always interviewed the people... Florida, they interviewed the people on boats who were like, wanted to stay behind to secure their boats. I hated that. I hated every single one of those people. I don't get why anyone lives in a place... I have enough shit to worry about, and I'm not afraid of earthquakes uh, here in Southern California or on the West Coast. I don't get why you would live in a place that's vulnerable to hurricanes. Uh, or tornadoes. Well, be- I'll tell you why. Because it's beautiful most of the time, and you're insured. You're insured to 110 percent of your property what? value. I <laughs> mean, rich. I'm not rich people. That now. insurance must be like really, really steep, though. No, they subs- so, uh, here, Lesson learned, Matt. When I went through, uh, when I was looking for homes years ago, I went through Malibu, to some of the canyons of Malibu. If you drive up there, you see all these old burned out foundations from homes mm. from previous generations were fire because every 15 years or so, fires sweep through those canyons and destroy all the homes. And they're all multi-million dollar homes. So there's a special fund in California set up to replace those homes. So when rich people's homes are destroyed, they get like 100% complete. They get like their $4 million back to build another home. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yes. So they honestly don't give a shit. You know, as long as they have warning, as long as they have warning, the fire hurricanes coming, they get out, they go somewhere else, they come back in a week and they get all their insurance money and rebuild and buy another house. Hmm. So they're doing, they're doing, they're doing okay. Yeah. The poor people get fucked. They're fucked pretty bad, but they do get... I don't know. We're spending $150 billion in Florida and Texas. So there is money flowing in there for sure. You do get, like, if you don't get insurance, you do get, you still, FEMA will still give you money for shit just for being a victim of a, of a natural disaster. Right. I feel the same way about the people in the Mississippi. Like, every 10 years it overflows and they get flooded out. I'm like, dude, it, you live on a river. Every 10 years it overflows and everyone along the riverbank gets flooded out. You think it might happen? You think it might happen again? Maybe move? Maybe move? Like, but they're like, oh, life in the Mississippi is very historic, and we've always lived in the Mississippi. I'm like, yeah, we always used to do a lot of shit, man. We used to have sex without condoms before they Yeah, we came. used to live in Palestine. <laughs> yes. Uh, we used to have unprotected sex. I mean, then people go like, oh, yeah, I don't want to die, so I'm going to put a condom on. How about fucking put a condom on your house and moving like two miles inland? <laughs> Fucked up. Uh, yeah, I, here's the thing. I, mean, I saw the Puerto Rico thing. I think there's clearly an island. We don't give a shit about the islands thing going on. And I don't blame Melissa Joan Hart. I don't think she was menacing about this stuff. People are so... People will parse anything you say on Twitter now. You're a big Twitter fan. <laughs> Any public statement you make where they can, like, turn you into evil, they will do it in a second and just jump on you. When clearly, this is not like... She's not a Trump. She's not Trump. She's not someone you can just jump on right away for saying shit. You know? I'm, I'm just surprised that she wouldn't have thought better of it, I guess. But uh, like you said, I guess that's just what Twitter is. It's a stream of consciousness thing for some people. Well, 10 years ago, you would have just called your friend and told them. 
and nobody would have ever heard this. <laughs> now you're like, te- you know, you, in two seconds you can text it and the world sees it. And by the way, you can't erase it ever. And so if people cap- and the first thing people do is they capture it. So in case you try to erase it. Right, right. And then they shame you more for taking it away. So you're kind of, you're kind of, I don't know why people go on social media and write shit. Because you're kind of, ca- there's, no po- there's no upside to it. There's only downside to it. Even if you get like many, many likes, there's still no positive to it. No. Well, for girls like that, for celebrities like that, they sell a lot of shit. So they make money off their accounts. She was actually pushing a Nickelodeon. She was actually pushing the Nickelodeon trip to the Dominican Republic. Yeah. She was getting paid for that shit. She lost a gig, dude. Imagine if you lost a gig because of the hurricane. You'd be pissed. I know you. All right, man. I got a segment this week where you explain. This is a very political. This is a very political show. Uh, this is a segment where you, in two minutes or less, explain how the media. I don't. You don't call it the mainstream media. You probably call it something else. Conspiracy. <laughs> you have something else. Is complicit in promoting Trump and other sensationalistic news to the total exclusion of meaningful coverage of important stories. I know it's a big beef of yours, and I've seen it. I didn't believe it so much like a year ago, but now after Trump, I realize it's, it's compl- I completely buy into it. Yeah. I mean, even leading up during the election, they were Trump was getting more attention than any Republican candidate when he was polling at, like, fucking, you know, 5%, and then all of a sudden... Uh, you know, he's he's got a shot and then he wins uh, New Hampshire or whatever it was. Um, so th- I think there's obviously a connection between, I guarantee you if you study, there's a connection between your mentions and your approval rating. And it's not even based on negative or positive. It's like any publicity is good publicity. Like with ad dollars. Yeah. It, legit- you know, it, it, le- it makes you the legitimate topic of conversation. Yeah, and if you're someone who doesn't really follow what's going on, you're just like... You, you either like him or you don't uh, because he is picking fights with people that you don't like, so therefore you think he's on your team. Right. Um, it, ca- it caused people who were in there, it caused Republicans at least and other conservatives to like go, I don't really like this guy, but since the media hates him so much and CNN hates him so much, I love him now, right? He became yeah. like the ra- a rallying point, an automatic rallying point. Yeah, exactly. And, and whether or not you believe that the media leans left or right, which I think there's zero evidence for. Um, I will disagree with you on that. You're still going to... Uh, if you averaged out every president's approval rating like in, the, in modern history, Thanks, they're man. all going to be right around 50% over the course of their terms. Right. Uh, you know, because there's just two sides now that are that uh, have things that are really hateable about both of them, and so you know you just pick whatever one you're on, usually based on who your parents voted for, or where what part of the country you live in, or your yeah. And young people status. tend to vote. Young people tend to be more progressive. Older people tend to be more conservative. White people tend to be more conservative. Minorities yeah, tend to be more progressive. I mean, now like Stephen Colbert, for example, his whole show is making fun of Trump. SNL, the ratings go up, um, and so you'd be hard to argue that it wasn't good for them. But um, no, they, I think they've they fucking isn't that the isn't that the whole. I mean, I I disagree with you on the liberal bias. I think the the journalists themselves have a huge liberal bias. They actually think the twenty something and thirty something journalists viscerally hate Trump. Mm-hmm. They think he's in, they really wanted Hillary Clinton to win in a very bad way because that's just their demographic. That's just the demographic. They're they're. They were the liberal Democrats on college campuses. They went to journalism. They want to be muckrakers and overturn, like, for the, they represent the common man, all that kind of crap. So I think they're viscerally against, and they viscerally hate Trump, and all the women hate him because they think he's a pig. But I think you're right. The, me, the owners of the big media conglomerates, they just want money, right? They just want green. 
Yeah, and the Republican Party is more pro corporation. Well, that, but also just ratings. That's why they. I think that's why they built Trump up in the first place. Was they like they saw our fucking ratings gold mine when he came down the fucking gold gold escalator and started saying like Mexicans are rapists. Yeah, somebody at the top of like Time Warner at the top of Fox and the top of everywhere else went like fucking gold mine. It's <laughs> gold mine. Red alert. Everything Trump. Everything Trump. Yeah. Immediately. It's like you don't have a pro wrestler on WWE that's like, right. I want to smack you around a little bit but not actually hurt you. Yes. I mean, that just wouldn't be good for, for the the channel. Yeah. And funny, I, uh, I don't know if you saw the, I guess I heard it on the radio, the Harvey Levin did that thing with Hulk Hogan, the hour-long piece with Hulk Hogan. Mm. He has a show. I think it's on Fox. I don't know, but it's a Harvey Levin piece. And he did with Hulk Hogan. And Hulk Hogan was talking about how he became so popular. And then it transitioned to Hollywood Hulk, Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Evil Hulk. Evil Hulk. And how, like, he did not expect that reaction to happen. Because when he came out as Evil Hulk, they thought he was going to get booed and all this other shit. Yeah. And then it turned out he was twice as popular as before. <laughs> and then the guy, then Vince McMahon's like, now you're evil. Right. Like, this is it. Like, we don't give a shit about the storyline. It's just whatever people want. Like, right, right. you can be evil. You can be good. Whatever gives us the most ratings is what you are. For the next 10 years, you're going to be fucking Hollywood, Hollywood Hogan. And that's just sort of like, that's like Trump. Like these guys, people don't understand, the people at the top just want money. So I used to think that they were like, it was all this liberal bias and all this stuff was affecting the, the coverage and they were covering all this Trump stuff because they just hate Trump. But now I realize there's two things that have happened in journalism. One, they stopped paying people. They ran out of money. So they now have only young people working there. Mm-hmm. Like 90% of the rank and file journalists are now young people. They're no longer veteran writers, veteran journalists. So they're all cheaply paid writers who now get like 20 minutes to write their story as opposed to like a couple days to work on something. Yeah. So they're going to go for low, always going to go for low hanging fruit. B, they're judged on how many views they get. And you do a Trump story about or Ivanka story or some stupid shit like that or Trump and Melania not holding hands or Melania's shoe, the whole thing about Melania's shoes. You do a story for Melania's shoes and you get huge clicks. If yeah. You, if you actually did a story about like a policy matter, like whatever it is, like a you know the, the whatever policy or trade policies and like that, you get zero clicks. Yeah, it's so much easier to write to manufacture, and it's so much easier to consume because it, it takes less effort on both the the writer or the newscaster and the reader or the viewer. So it's like this, um, you know, it's like this self reinforcing thing to where. And I'm sure every, you know, Bob fucking Woodward or whatever. Is, uh, like, obviously, when Trump says the NFL players can go to hell. Yeah. Like, that, everyone's going to click on that over a thing about the new health care bill. Yeah, not only that, but they're going to have 37 articles about it, which they did, like, within a minute on the Internet. I mean, HuffPo, everybody, everybody, every, even major news outlets, New York Times had shit on that on the front page, like, within five minutes. Because that's what's trending on the internet, and everybody wanted to click on that kind of shit. Yeah, and and when you click, I mean, when you see a longer article, it's going to take more time to read, which means so, yes. you know people aren't going to be clicking as much. Yes, like you see those articles, and you can tell when you're reading it that they were like, when you write a paper in college, like, okay, how long does this have to be yeah. to be acceptable? So there's the first two or three sentences which explain the issue, and then there's just like Trump is the president of the United States, <laughs> the NFL. Uh, is, is a football organization like they're just like listing random fucking information to well, make it look? What about like the an ones article? where they like do that? Then they just show Twitter reactions. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a new thing they do. And by the way, I don't. I feel bad for the journalists because a they're not particularly smart people, but also because b they're literally told they have fifteen minutes to put something together, and so you see typos and other shit now too. But they're like literally, it's an intro paragraph. 
Twitter went into crazy over mode, whatever, and they just list like 15 tweets from, by the way, people with two followers. They're just <laughs> random. They pick like controversial tweets from people that aren't even like whoever. If you have 3 million followers on Twitter, at least you have some legitimacy to you. They're picking someone who has like the eggshell, the eggshell icon, or <laughs> what that thing is when you first get a Twitter account. Yeah. With two followers and go like, oh, so they were really angry at whatever, they're, or they're really in favor of it. Like someone was really out, outraged or like dropping the Steelers. They're never going to be a Steeler fan again. A guy like Steeler fan 999 in Pittsburgh with like one follower, yeah. one follower. Like that's the news source. And a lot of those people aren't even real people. They just work for whatever organization. Uh, t- like the every president has people fucking pretending to tweet on their behalf. Yeah. Or it's like if you went to the mall and interviewed four people about like North Korea. And then said, America is really feeling, is really, really outraged over whatever. Like, that's my sampling. That's my statistical sampling. It's just, I interviewed four people, four girls at Forever 21, and this is how they feel. And why is anyone still reading it? Because both the left and the right hate the fucking media. They do. So, like, I'll be going on, like, Reddit, and there's all this cool information and all this crazy stuff. And then I'm like, wait. Every time I click on CNN, I'm like, what the fuck am I doing right now? This is completely worthless. Unless I want to study how shitty it is, which is, might be once a week. Well, there was that, there was that uh, the CNN, the undercover video they did. The show about the CNN doctor, wherever he was, was talking about how, like, they were on this thing, the healthcare thing. And then, like, the guy said, if you do more healthcare, they're like, oh, fuck it. No, the ratings are down. Go back to Russia. We want more ratings. They don't, I mean, you know, these guys are all, again, it's, I don't blame them because their job requirements require they get ratings. Otherwise, they get fired. So the whole, you know, it used to be the news. I think the news used to be walled off, right, from entertainment divisions. Yeah. And so the news was always like if they lost money, if like, you know, CVS or NBC or whatever, the big corporate GA, GE lost money on the news division, it was seen as like something, an expense we had to pay to be a good, you know, good company, good corporate uh, partner. Mm-hmm. And we could lose the news as our prestige operation. So we could lose money. It's like our charity to the public, our public service. It was service. like a Geneva convention among all the It was a public networks. service. It was seen as a public service, as yeah. like our charitable gift to the country is we're going to do legitimate news. And if we lose money, we lose money. We'll make money selling fucking aircraft carriers. Right. <laughs> Bombs. We'll be okay. Uh, but now they, now it's just newstainment, right? It's just infotainment, whatever. Mm-hmm. We're like, now it's just like the newscasters are told, like, get and the news and the, whether it be online or offline dude, what it is like get the, get the audience because we need the money otherwise you're fired and we'll bring someone else to do the same thing yeah it kind of started kind of started with uh, Barbara Walters um, when she would interview some celebrity that you know wasn't relevant and I know Brian Williams that fucking dork making shit up like his thing was to sort of meld uh, TMZ essentially with the national news and I think that's really when it was like okay it's not yeah and now they're at the point when they're covering hurricanes by putting like interns out there like <laughs> be blown around whipped around by the wind yeah I like, know what wind blowing looks like yeah find, find the most dangerous spot put them out there and watch someone get like it's really hard to accommodate out here. Really? Is that strange? That's odd. That's really odd. I wouldn't think that at 80 mile an hour gusts. That's, that's kind of strange. You're right. There's no... And by the way, people, someone asked me about... I always make fun of millennials, but I've come, to, I've come around on millennials. I realize millennials actually are an information-based generation. They want more information than anyone before them. Mm-hmm. And it bothers me that people used to say, like, oh, people used to read the... Everyone used to read the, the Times. Everyone used to watch the evening news. Well, yeah, they did. But that was only one news guy. Everyone was watching and reading the same thing. Like, everyone read the exact same paper, and everyone watched the same evening news. There was only a couple options. So, yes, people were informed in a way that they actually felt they should watch the news. But they were only watching one newscast for half an hour or reading one paper. I think the generation now will seek out information on topics. It's just what's being fed to them is such crass crap, and it's so easy to buy into, like, the sensationalism. If you wanted to find information on a topic, you can find out more now than you could ever before, by far. 
Yeah. Right? I mean, if you want to read about if you want to read about what's going on in Syria, you could find sources and read endless hours every day about shit that's going on in Syria. You'd have to go to European papers or somewhere else. But you could never know about that a generation ago. So it's out there for people who want it. But people still, you know, we haven't got off this this mainstream media thing. So are are you saying that maybe the reason that millennials have this these misplaced priorities is that um, you know the news is feeding them shit that doesn't matter? Well, Facebook is fifty percent, sixty sixty percent of people under twenty five now get their news from Facebook. <laughs> but that's not what was supposed to happen with the internet. I no. mean, it was supposed to be a free source of information. Of course, I mean, Facebook and other companies, Google, are doing their best uh, <clears throat> to, you know, uh, take away uh, net neutrality. Um, well, people are, they're not reading Facebook articles. They're reading stuff sourced through Facebook, what Facebook feeds them as articles that are relevant to them. So they're being fed articles from other places, but they're from through the, lens, the prism of Facebook and, or, <laughs> or shared, by their, shared by their social group. I guess it's because, you know, it used to be someone's job at the at the Washington Post to, like, they would have information that no one else had. And that's why you would buy that paper because, you know, they're like, this dude has been embedded. Yeah, they did research. They did actual journalistic research. Yeah, and he's like the only one that knows this right now There's until nowhere. it's published. <laughs> and, then, and maybe some guys. The problem, is, the problem is you lose all those places. All the places that have actually do that still lose money. They all lose money. Yeah. It's, just, it's not a business. Who wants to let's enter this business? We're going to lose money, and it just doesn't work that way anymore. There's, you know, even like Jeff Bezos bought like the Washington Post, saying it's really important that newspapers stick around. Have you read the Washington Post lately? I mean, they do have some good stories in there. There's so much sensational journalism there to get to drive views. Yeah, they have 85 million viewers online, and it's almost all drawn to sensational news. It's not drawn to like the deep, the deep, deep story, the deep dive stories. A it's, preponderance of stories about Amazon, coincidentally. <laughs> they do that. No, they have like my, my my teacher sex stories are on there. Washington Post covers all the teacher sex stories now, oh, wow. so they're covering that shit. There's a reason why they have 85 million, why a million people read their paper, but 85 million people go to their website. It's to read scandal stories and shit like that. So what are we supposed to do? I mean, how how can people be informed in in terms of? Uh, Things that need to be prioritized, such as uh, I don't know, a potential nuclear war or a potential like Russian meddling, versus differentiating that between Trump saying that NFL players should go to hell. Because you were saying that people were saying he should be impeached, like yes. legitimate news yes. people. That was on my. I got my Yahoo headline this morning, like impeachment possible for Trump because due to NFL that's, comments. That's like a junior high level of understanding of how the government works, <laughs> right? And also, it's I mean, Yahoo's not a. Not, it's not like your most serious information, but they feed they feed a large percent of the population their news stories, and they cover it like it's a legitimate news story. And they have a writer assigned, a journalist assigned to it, and writes about it. And no one, no, and the first sentence is not like, by the way, this could never happen. This is not constitutional, and this is never going to happen. So this is just fucking masturbation fodder for people who hate Trump. They don't say that. They write a legitimate story about it in three paragraphs, and they push it out in the headline, buy into it, and headline it everywhere. But that's one step removed from just paying a guy to make shit up. Yeah. That's why, the, that's why I'm hard-pressed to make fun of the Inquirer, because really everyone's just become the Inquirer. The answer to your question is, I don't know. It's really hard to find good information these days. You know? I mean, it's really, hard to, it's really hard, I think, for people to find solid information. You probably can't go hugely wrong reading, the major, reading a, a few, two or three of the major newspapers. 
because they still do put money into some of their stuff. I mean, I think if you read the LA Times, New York Times, and Wall Street Journal, you're still going to be fairly well informed. Yeah. Uh, if you stay away from all the, you know, anything that says Trump, just stay, stay away well, from Well, you can fact check stuff on Snopes, too, which is a pretty good resource. Yeah, you can go to the Political Fact and all those places and, yeah, and look at stuff facts. if you want. People don't, people tell you that I'm a, people who tell you they don't have time to do that are people who spend four hours on social media <laughs> sharing bullshit stories back and forth. That's my feeling. Matt, let me ask you about underage hot chicks. Okay. I know was, every now and then we had a topic that I think is right up your alley. Ten-year-old, uh, ten-year-old, hot, slutty, hot, slutty, ten, hot, slutty, ten-year-olds. This one I picked out for you. I'm going to try and mis- mispronounce this girl's name. Tylane Blondo. She's French, right? Yeah, she is French. And I, and I think, by the way, I think as bad as the story is about how her parents push her into modeling to be her life as a model, I think they even gave her a model name. That's even worse. Oh, they totally did, huh? Yeah, it's just like the Cindy Crawford named her daughter Kaya, and they named the other son Presley. Presley, it's like it's you're so far ahead of the curve and how much you want them to be just like mindless models that you're actually giving a mindless model name. Yeah. So Tylane Blondo uh, is the daughter of a uh, European, I think, a French soccer player and a French hot French actress. So she was given good, very good genes. So she was. Oh, a, so she didn't have to be modeling, really. No, no, they they have a means. People of parents of means, but of course they produce a, a, an attractive looking child. For people who aren't aware how genetics works, <laughs> if, if you're if you're uh, if you're uh, an attractive person and the woman you and the person you make a baby with is unattractive, you're not going to have an attractive child. The odds are very very small. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a good chance if you mix, you'll get attractive children, and if you're both models, you're going to have a model looking kid. That's just the way. That's just the way genetics works. I don't know what a model-looking kid is. I could see a, ki- a kid and well, say, like Cindy Crawford's daughter looks just like Cindy Crawford, exactly like her. Yeah, but you're talking like a she's like six years old or something. Well, in terms of European I mean, fashion, I could, I could tell you an ugly six-year-old, but I, uh, I, I'm not sure I could be like that's well, a hot six-year-old. Yeah, you know, I got in trouble once at a mommy and me class uh, because everyone was saying, "Oh, that you know, the baby is six months old is so cute." I'm like. Well, they're all cute, but like, let's face it, half of them are staying home prom night when <laughs> come 17 years of age, you know? I mean, that's a fact. Babies are all look the same. They're all, they're all adorable. You know, the way nature makes babies is so they all look the same and they all look adorable, so p- people will take care of them. Yeah. But by the time they're teenagers, half of them will be fucking non-attractive as hell. For sure. <laughs> that's just the way it goes. I, let's say model-looking, whatever, sculpt, you know, perfectly symmetrical features, the, the, the hair, the whole, the eye, you know, the blue eyes, the blonde hair for European modeling, the whole, the whole shebang of, like, future... So the people in this industry and the parents were like, this bitch is going to be hot once she's nine. Yeah, well, I think it's not just... I don't think the parents go, she'll be hot. I think the parents go, the mom goes, probably the mom mostly goes, I'm hot, I'm going to have a hot daughter, I want her to be a supermodel. Mm-hmm. And they decide it's like at three years of age. So they start putting her into modeling. This girl, Tylane Blonda, was modeling at four. By six, she was named the most beautiful girl in the world. Matt, I know that was a title you wanted for yourself. By, by, Are you still bitter? You're still bitter who? about that? I don't know. Like some fashion thing, you know. That was hugely irresponsible on their part. And super fucking creepy, right? Very. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to say, like, the smartest six-year-old in the world. But, like, the, the, the hottest six-year-old seems a little odd. The prettiest six-year-old seems a little, hot, a little odd. So by 10, she did this very controversial. And by controversial, I mean, like, almost nobody really cared about the fact that they dressed her up like a complete slut, like a 10, in heels. And, like, she looked like uh, uh, Sharon Stone's character from Casino. Like, <laughs> like, a, and like a gold, whatever you call it, LeMay dress or whatever, open cut. Like, made, pounds of makeup, hair teased up. 
like laying across a chase lounge chair at 10 and all these provocative photos. And, of course, everyone was outraged because it was a 10-year-old, and they got all outraged for about five minutes and then said they're going to... The Prime Minister of England said he was going to do something about it. David Cameron was going to do something about it six, six years ago. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, a week, day later, it went die, fury dies down. No one does anything about it. And so now she's six... Cut to she's 16 in the current fashion weeks that are happening now. I know you're big on fashion week. Fashion week Milan. She's walking for Dolce & Gabbana. And there's always stories about how she's a success story. She came through those tough childhood years. And now at 16... She is a legit supermodel. So everything her parents did is like has been validated. And this is a true success story. And I'm thinking, well, no, that's like it's like saying a geisha. Like you turned a girl into like a whore, like as a geisha. And now she's like a top geisha for like a rich guy in Japan. And this is a real success story for a woman. Am I the only feminist here that sees this? How how odd this is that like this the fact that she's modeling clothing and she came through all the molestation and hard times as a child is now the big success story as opposed to like, oh, I don't know, she becomes a, one of the rare girls who goes to mathematics or engineering. Yeah, like Shirley Temple was a success story. She was a childhood actress who had to sing all the time and uh, probably liked it. But, you know, you can't do that your whole life, so no. she became a senator. That's a success story. Uh, uh, you, she was a UN, some ambassador at the UN or some shit like that. She did a whole bunch of charity work. No, and she did stuff. something. Yeah. She transitioned into, like, an adult career. Well, it's like modeling. It's not a real skilled enterprise. So if the kid showed a talent for piano at age four or six, and then they became, like, this brilliant pianist at 16, I would say that's a success story. Yeah. This is just a a kid who's been standing around. She's still a kid. She's still only 16. She's still 16. And who knows mentally what she's capable of because her childhood was real fucked up. You know, I mean, does she even know how to talk? Has anyone heard her talk? <laughs> I don't know. Well, she has an Instagram account that does this. They call her. They call her an influencer because she's dressed like showing off her clothing on does Instagram. Does she know how to read? Does anyone ask these questions? <laughs> I don't think anyone cares. Here's my point. Nobody cares. There's certain things. Here's my, what really upsets me. There's certain things where we exploit children or exploit anybody, but children in this case, and like nobody gives a sh- just collectively nobody gives a shit about it. But there's like certain places where we exploit people or, or you know people that are down their luck or with children or p- defenseless people, and everyone gets completely outraged about it. But for some reason, we've chosen like child sports and child modeling and child entertainment, where we know kids are being constantly molested, living awkwardly strange, bizarre lives that will lead them to adulthoods of drugs and crime and depression and suicide. And like nobody seems to give a shit about it whatsoever. There's a scandal every few years. And then a month later, everyone forgets about it. Or Corey Haim writes a book about being raped in Hollywood over and over again by dudes. And everyone goes like, oh, my God. Oh, uh, wait, when's the next Disney show on again? Casting call. There's 10,000 more people it's trying like out. football. Everyone knows these guys are damaging yes. their brains. But, yes. you know, you're still a huge fan of football. So, I don't know. The people in charge of, like, what political cause needs to be a real big deal right now are, like, you know, the, the same chicks advocating for, like, uh, boycotting Robin Thicke's music video because it uh, exposes rape culture or something, yes. uh, exhibits rape culture. These are the same like 19-year-old chicks that are into Prada that, that work at HuffPo. You yes. know what I mean? So they, it's, it's not really in their best interest to go after the things that they like. And I'm sure that you know a lot of them are into the Nickelodeon shows and whatnot, too. Yeah, just, yeah uh, for, football is a good example. Just like people or fans of football look away from the fact that Basically, everyone dies at 45 who plays football. <laughs> or so I remember when I was a kid, I went to go see, like, 
went to the one of those like autograph signs of old veteran football players, <laughs> and they were all on canes and wheelchairs. Oh man! And by the way, they were like fifty. That's sad. And they just couldn't. They were all. I remember being like linemen, and linemen just couldn't. They were ho- they were all hobbling, and they were not old guys. They were big guys, but they're not old guys. They're, you know, they're not old because they die before they get old. Right. So it was really really sad. But like. No one stood up and took a, you know, took a knee for those guys. There was no outrage over that. You're right. Conveniently, women love fashion and style, so they will look aside this like child exploitation. Or the fact that, just, by the way, 12-year-old girls are sewing all this shit in China, China and Indonesia. Well, no one cares about that. No one gives a shit about that. I mean, they might be like the models are too thin, but that's just them saying, I, I want to look more like a model. Yeah. but I, So I think men have their own like sports and stuff like that. We look aside. All those athletes... Those, those, those girls and boys who like start doing gymnastics like at six or swimming when they're six and fucking eight hours a day and they're getting all these weird on weird fucking hazy diets and shit like that at seven. So they live very strange, altered, quirky lives as well that fucks them up. So and nobody gives a shit about that because they're like, oh, this is a great you know. We but have, that's probably a lot better than than modeling. Just what you got to go through. Yeah, I mean, she was probably told to lose weight when she was eight years old. Probably. I mean, I know they. I know they're being. I know they're being sexually molested. Um, there's so many. There's so many pedo. There's so many pedos around that business. I mean, you have young. I mean, you have a business where ten year old girls are being made up and teased and put into low cut outfits. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen? <laughs> no, I know. It's just like I, it's weird. It's like okay. It's like how, how they how they get pedophile priests. Let me see. Here's the job requirements. Uh, you're going to live alone in a giant church, and you get to pick young boys to come help you out <laughs> with no and no one questions you whatsoever ever about what's going on in the evenings. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I think I'll take that job. I mean, you know what goes on in a modeling shoot? You you get naked and put on different clothes. Um, at a, at a time when you can barely dress yourself. I mean, you ever have someone put a mic pack on you, for example? Yeah, I won't do. That. I will not put a mic pack on a woman. <laughs> I, no, not because of like I'm un, I, not because I can't do it, but because of like it's an intimate thing. Yeah, and I don't want someone. It's just awkward. Now, I mean, I think in the old days, no one gave a shit. Although in the old days, probably they felt all the girls up. But like it's such an awkward, it's such an awkward thing. I, yeah, I gotta tell you, my little. But you run, wouldn't want a dude putting a mic pack, if, like a, a teamster with a beard putting a mic pack on your. 12-year-old daughter, right? No, I would not want that whatsoever. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. When I did a, I did a, a movie one time, a, a short film, and I had this hired this makeup girl, uh, obese, very un, very uh, hard woman to work with. That's beside the story. <laughs> and I said, Is, are, you, are you okay? You know, are you enjoying the shoot or whatever? And I wasn't paying her a lot, so I want to make sure she was happy on the side. She goes, yeah, you know, I, I, I don't mind working here. It's, it's pretty good. Like, no one's touched me yet. I'm like, what? Because yeah, I used to I used to do a lot. I do a lot of makeup and stuff in, in, in adult films. She was last one I did like with uh, and Ron Jeremy would just stick his hand down my pants and touch my vagina all the time. Hmm. This is an obese woman, by the way. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, no, uh, that won't happen here. <laughs> like, like, she was like, she said it very matter of fact, like that's just part of the job. Like occasionally Ron Jeremy will come stick his finger in your in your, in your cooch <laughs> like down your stretch pants and like and finger you like and like oh, oh Ron Jeremy finger you again to yeah you know how work is you know, just <laughs> like <laughs> you're not even an actress you're just like the makeup hair girl <laughs> it's just like wow you know yeah so I was like yeah well, I, I'm, I'm like you're gonna like it here <laughs> it's, like, it's really 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 horrible um, anyhow so Matt I think you and I are the true feminists here because it is it is amazing and it's not just feminists aren't the only hypocrites but they stand out as particular hypocrites these days where they are just complete feminists. Well, if you look at like Cosmo magazine or Elle magazine is once for young women, they'll have all these very pro-feminist, like 10% of their coverage is like pro-feminist, anti-Trump, pro-progressive cause kind of shit. Charlottesville articles or something like in Teen Cosmo. 
But then 95% of the shit is just silly makeup and fashion that girls don't need overpriced to them and making them feel ugly if they don't buy it. Right. That's just like, there's such a built-in hypocrisy to the, all that kind of shit that no one ever calls out because, like you said, women love that, even, you know, progressive women love that kind of shit and they can't help themselves over it. Same reason why, really, ultimately, I think most people, guys will not ever rally against porn. <laughs> we, all, we all want it. Hi, right, Matt. Our final segment today. I wasn't going to cover the Kardashians being pregnant. There are three Kardashians pregnant. I don't know if you're responsible for any of those. Uh. <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty disgusting. All I would like to say is if you bet long uh, before this past week on uh, uh, the demographics of half black, half Armenian babies in 2017, you're going to make a lot, about to make a lot of money. So I wonder where that comes from, that they all only like black dudes. That's it's, it's weird. It's clearly racist for one, right? No, I mean not if that's what they're into, but it's like did someone force them to watch the NBA at some point when they were three years old? You don't. So you well. So you're saying being just being only willing to date one race is not racist. Statistically, for a huge pack of people, the brother included, yeah, that are Armenian, that are in no way as black as I am. They're not really. I mean, they're ethnically Armenian, but they don't. They're they're white Brentwood kids, white Brentwood kids. It's just, it's fucking weird that that's that the whole family would only date, not just date, but get plowed yeah, repeatedly. Make, make out of wedlock. And the same black dudes have fucked, like, several of the sisters as well. Yes. I, I mean, I'm sure there's not a shortage of white guys that are musicians that would want to fuck them. Uh, I don't think they would have trouble getting laid by somebody. I think it's it's... It's either a fetish or it's been run by run for the marketing department, and the mom figured out this is how you make more money. I don't know exactly well, what it is. Interracial porn does do really well. Really nice. She brokered the deal. Yes, the mom did with Kim. Yeah, you know, you know what? Here's the thing: when you have a strategy, a winning strategy, you stick with it. Yeah, you just don't change. But what I want to talk about is uh, Ian Summerholder from the Vampire Diaries. Man, I know you're a big CW fan. Okay, you like to a good laugh, a good cry, some hot guys. I'll say this for the CW show. I, I can't really name a single show. I've never seen a show on the CW. But as far as I know, they're all popular by really attractive, like, 27-year-old actors and actresses who, like, stare at each other a lot and say very melodramatic things to each other. And then they can just fit a show around that. Then they just, like... I think they hire, like, the hot actors and actresses and that are very... that emote a lot and have amazing hair. And they just say, okay, figure out a show, figure out a show around them. And someone goes, vampires, perfect. We're going to find out that half these shows are just five-minute sizzles. There's no actual show. It's possible. They've, they've just cut together a couple of people staring at each other. And- I am not going to criticize whatever people, 12-year-old girls watch for TV. Because when I was 12, I had some pretty poor taste in entertainment, I have to say. So, I agree. I, wa- I, watched, I mean, if you ever watch Baywatch or you ever watch like, some show where girls' breasts were bouncing up and down, this is the equivalent for girls, basically. Yeah, so, that's true. Yeah, look at that. We agree. So Ian Summerholder is one of the guys in Vampire Diaries, and married Nikki Reed, a very attractive actress who was on the Twilight movie series. Vampire on Vampire, dude. Well, this is a Twilight ripoff, the show, right? I don't... Yeah, I guess it came afterwards. It came during the big... I think, as far as I can tell, CW, half the shows are zombies, hot zombies, and the other half are hot vampires. It's all supernatural, like hot romance, supernatural romance became popular among young adults at some point. At some point, girls started reading stories about, like, supernatural romance. It started, it started before the Twilight Saga, but that made it really big. Why would you want to fuck a... So, like, speaking of, of rape culture, a vampire yes. bites yes. you on the neck and kills you by sucking your blood out after he tricked you into fucking him. Is that kind of what it... 
Uh, I think if you read a lot of romance novels, you'll find there's a very heavy rape. Over, there's a rape over. I think, let's put it this way: uh, it's not rape if the women uh, really like it. <laughs> I mean, I think it's considered probably one of the most rape culturey things to say that women like a woman who ever liked to be raped. But if you ever read the romance novels or watch those shows, like the vampire shows, there's clearly an implied level of subject of like submissiveness. Right. On the part of the women to like the, but the guy is so hot that like you'll hear women say the guy's so hot I don't care. So there is clear you're just not allowed to say. Well, there it. might be like a Handmaid's Tale thing where you know everyone has to over exaggerate the definition of rape now. So you need to see some like actual rapey shit, but you don't want to see like a, an actual rape because that's a little graphic. So but you- they still like the I, they, I think they still get aroused by the idea of a handsome man like a Fifty Shades of Grey having their way with him. Right, like right. being some, being being tied up and being had a guy who's super hot having his way with you, I think still works. Well, there's clearly a reason for the popularity amongst the, with women amongst these shows. I think you're not. Allowed, I think it's like it's like the N word with with black people. They can say it, but I think you're not allowed to say this among women. <laughs> the women might like this. Have a rape fantasy of some kind. So because they don't call it rape fantasy, um, I, I I don't know if I told you this one time. I stumbled into Beauty and. Uh, what was that show with Ron Perlman, The Beast? Beauty and the, was it Beauty and the Beast? The um, Beast? Where he lived, he was a monster, lived in the subway. I don't know. The Beast. Uh, it was based off Beauty and the Beast, but it was a show on... Linda Hamilton was a woman. Ron Maybe Perlman, it was just called The Beast or something? Maybe. And it, it was like it was a modern-day Beauty and the Beast story. It took place in, in Manhattan. And he lived like in the subways, and he was like a really romantic beast. He was a physical beast. Big, like looked like a beast, but a handsome beast. And he would rescue her all the time. And, you know, he was like fighting crime with her or whatever fuck like that. But I stumbled upon the fan fiction site for that. And literally, I've never seen more impassioned women writing like stories about the beast basically raping them. Like, and then, well, oh my God, that's so romantic. And then he actually drew pictures of the beast. And by the way, they drew pictures of the beast like, coming out of the water or coming out of the, coming out of the bedroom. Every single time, giant dick. Just a giant <laughs> dick on the beast. So when women are like in their own little enclave, they're writing basically like beast, half beast, half man, but super sensitive rapes me with his giant dick. Is what they're what they're what they're really into. Now you got to put the beast in jail, and he doesn't understand what he did wrong. He's like, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I think I think women when when you take the politics out of it, pretty much like men, pretty much just like men. <laughs> just well, like, I guess so. Just like the guys drawing like the girl fantasy girls are all like the superheroes are all have big tits and they all wear like bustiers and they're all hypersexual. <laughs> I mean, it's just a, pretty non-threatening, though. A beast coming out of the subway sounds frightening as a, <laughs> as a man. <laughs> but he was like, that's the thing. He was like much bigger than Harry. Anyway, check out Beast, uh, whatever it's called, fan fiction. Okay. I've never seen someone. I've never seen, that's the true definition of female porn is what it, it was like pure unadulterated, like a total, like I don't think a man had ever visited the site to see what it was. It was just an enclave of what women, salacious women with no guys around will talk about. Beast had a big dick. All right, so Ian Summerhold and Nikki Reed were in Barcelona, as people do. They're married. They're, they're like, whatever it is. And they talk about, they're on a podcast, not our podcast, talking about how, like, they got drunk. They were with another couple on vacation. Nikki's out, Nikki Reed's out of the room. Ian Summerholder, as guys do, says, I want to have a baby with my wife. I've never, ever heard a guy say that before, ever, ever. Gay. He might, Sounds he, gay yeah, to he me. Might, he might think it. There's no one ever, the guy who goes, like, my wife's gone. I want to tell you guys, I want to make her pregnant. <laughs> like, it's a weird thing. He, you know, he's so attractive. He's probably somewhat gay. I'm just going to say that right now. Uh, so anyhow, the story, the story he and his wife retell is he then took her birth control out of her purse, her pills, popped them out of the, uh, the, you know, the packaging and flushed them down the toilet. 
Which, by the way, if you're an environmentalist, is pretty scary because the levels of fucking all those pills, all those things in drinking water is really bad right now. There's like a real epidemic with like fucking birth control, like in drinking water and uh, opioids and shit like that. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, so that wasn't a part of the story. But so the minute they told the story, which was supposed to be this fun, it was their fun, lovable couple story they came up with for the show. The feminists came out and called it reproductive coercion. <laughs> like, well, we just make shit up. Like, reproductive coercion. Like, he was, like, taking away her right to make her own decisions about birth control. I knew this was coming, by the way. The minute he said he was, like, flushing her birth control down the toilet, I knew the feminists were going to be outraged well, over this. It is a weird story. Uh, it's kind of creepy. More so, it's, it's, it's a weird thing to do, assuming he's telling the truth. And this isn't something that someone told him to say. Uh, well, I think he's. I think he's telling the truth, but I also think you have to understand when he's telling us. She was actually the one telling the story and laughing about it. She thought it was funny, right? So, isn't doesn't? I mean, yes, it's creepy that a dude would do that, or that he would like get drunk and talk about how much he wants a baby. That's kind of weird. But if the wife is saying like, "I thought it was funny, uh, and we had a bit," I'm okay with all this shit. Is it someone else's right to say, by the way, what the fuck is reproductive coercion? <laughs> that doesn't exist. Yeah, it's- you can't just make up a thing and pretend it's existed before <laughs> yes. you said it. Yes. And then the worst part is they had to go, at summer, Ian Summerall and Nikki Reed had to do a joint statement where they came out and said, as much as they were ridiculed, even though it wasn't right to ridicule them, it's okay if it brought to light the important issue, pressing issue of reproductive coercion in this country. Like, what? There is no... <laughs> First of all, no one ever heard that term before the day before. Right. And it sounds, then they, so nobody will actually ask, this is where we're at in the country, no one will say like, okay, can you name anybody who's been reproductively coerced? Can you name, a, is there forcible pregnancies going on? I mean, that's, that's Handmaid's Tale, right? That's the whole story of the Handmaid's Tale. It's, it's, for, it's reproductive, that is reproductive coercion. That's the story of that. Yeah. I'd also like to point out these geniuses telling me what I should care about. We're watching whatever horseshit you're, I can't even tell. But they're, they're obviously huge fans of the CW. Yes. And they, they follow a fucking random ass. But here's the thing you can now, you can now literally, as an outraged person online, as a socially outraged person, you can now just make up shit, like a cause or something, or a violation, a victimization or violation has occurred. And people can no longer argue against you. I mean, people that are in positions of celebrity or anything like that, you could. But like these people who are on TV shows have to go along with it and issue an apology for a cause that doesn't even exist because that's where we're at now as a country, which is you, if someone says reproductive coercion, you have to say, like, oh, I've heard all about that. Yeah, what it a sounds hor- important. What a horrible thing that is. We're obviously against that. So what, what he, what they did isn't reproductive coercion, but it, if this, and it's obviously not a pressing issue. No. It, it could be in other countries. Oh, yeah, for sure um, it is in other countries. Women are, the joke is like in all the, in all the Muslim countries, other countries, Women are being raped into having babies. Like wives are being raped into yeah, having but babies. Fuck! Them. Who cares about them? Nobody cares about them. nobody cares about them. Or because there's like all the sensitivities towards other cultures, and when even the feminists don't want to talk about that. But there is no. I don't know. Do you know anyone who's been forced to have a woman who's been forced to it become pregnant? It depends on what you mean by forced. I mean, if there was a guy that said, you know, uh, I'm going to cut you off financially. If you don't give me another baby, I'm going to divorce you, or I'm going to beat you up, or I'm going to kill you, or something like that. Yeah, I'm sure that happens. Really? You think that happens? How many guys want babies? How many guys want babies that bad? 
I don't, I don't think it's in the top million of issues in no. America, but I'm saying I'm sure it has happened yes. before. You ever hear guys like where you're at the I bar, mean, the guys stick like light bulbs up their ass. I don't know. You're at the bar, and guys are like, "My bitch won't have babies." God damn it! I'll hear you, brother. Like, my I want to have lots and lots of babies, and my woman won't have babies. Like, well, man, let's force them to have babies. No, no, never, never once, never once. I mean, I think there are the guys that think their wife is only good for having babies. Oh, yeah. And so I'm sure there is some coercion and there's some reward system in which she's encouraged to have babies that she might not want to. Do you know any Um, guy who's ever fucked up a woman's contraceptive so he could (laughs) trick her to having a baby? Oh, no. God, no. 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 They wouldn't even know what it is or how to work it. But, I mean, you read stories about women who, like, will, you know, whatever fuck up guys or lie about contraceptive to have a baby for whatever whatever emotional, financial, economic relationship reason. Fuck that reason. You never hear about a guy, like, messing with the girl's birth control so he can sneak sneak a baby into her. I've never heard of it. No. It's something that would only happen in a in an, a romance novel or, or a, a salacious um, television plot. So in an, uh, in an intellectually honest world, this dumb couple as they are would have come out and said, like, uh, fuck you, there is no such thing as reproductive coercion. <laughs> this is between me and my wife. I mean, it was kind of creepy what I did, but she thought it was funny, so fuck, so fuck you, fuck you. Yeah. But you can't say it. You can't say more. Literally, you'll be driven off the air. They'll be like, they'll like... The next article will be about, like, is Ian Summerholder going to be on the next season of Vampire Diaries after this, like, d- denying reproductive coercion exists, you know? I mean, it's such a – fucked. I mean, I think – honestly, I think as, as stupid as these issues are that people get behind, I think a lot of it's just extortion. I think a lot of people feel – like, just like the knee-taking, like with Jerry Jones. I think a lot of people just do it because they feel they have to now. There's so much, like, social media in particular pressure on you, outrage on you. There's stories about how, like – with the movies and Hollywood entertainment, like a lot of shit they do, they just don't want a Twitter storm against them, right? Yeah. They're so worried about a Twitter hashtag boycott, they will actually affect huge policy based on the fact they're worried about like 10,000 people doing a Twitter hashtag boycott. Yeah, it's sort of coercion if you if you think about it. Reproductive coercion. Uh, yeah, I, don't, I, I think it's most of it is what can I get out of this for myself? So how can I attach myself to this issue and be... Uh, part of this movement, I want to get some professor fired over this. I want to get him fired. I want. Usually, it's getting some guy fired. I've noticed, yes, but uh, it yes. could be any number of things. You know, I want a column on a TV show. I want to. Uh, you know, I mean, Megan Kelly worked at like a fucking charm. You know. Oh yeah. To get the Today Show. You see that disaster she did the interview that night. I don't know how she got promoted, but I mean, she's attractive and she's blonde and she's you know became popular. But I I don't know how they put her in this position where she's now doing real interviews hour-long interviews on her own because it's it's bad dude. it's just she's not she's not qualified she's not qualified so for she it. didn't actually want to blow donald trump in that interview she's just really bad at interviewing because that's how it came off to me i think she's just not skilled she's i mean you made fun of barbara walters earlier barbara walters is actually an intelligent woman i mean she crafted this celebrity sensationalism to put herself ahead by the way barbara walters you know she had like a, an affair with a black senator in the seventies. Is everyone aware of this? Because the one thing about Barbara Walters, no one knows about. She slept with a married black, the first black senator. She slept with him. He was married for like eight years. Huh? Yeah, no one knows that. Is that like a, a street cred or no? Uh, it's a. I mean, it's in her memoirs. It's a true story. Everyone knew. Everyone behind the scenes knew about it. But she was like clo- closeted openly. Like people knew about. It. it was hard to hide a senator. But she slept with the guy for like eight, eight years. First black senator. 
How about that? Married. I guess she's a pioneer of some sort. <laughs> yes. That's why I kind of love Barbara Walters. Hi, right, Matt. You have something you wish to pimp and promote on the show? Uh, MattRalston.net, Twitter at Matthew Ralston, Facebook, whatever. Uh, you got to get some new articles on Matthew I got to get some there. better shit to promote outside of Twitter. I'm getting yeah, you fucking do. sick of it. You should become a woman like uh, like Richard Simmons. By the way, they, call, he said, they said that he was going to call himself Fiona, which made it seem very real. If they actually name the female name he has... It, it, it makes them seem really real. Uh, Brian, other than becoming a woman, anything you wish to uh, promote? <laughs> Actually, I've got a gig on drums. I'll be backing up Kara Johnson at the Hotel Cafe on Sunday, October 8th. Nice. I've been to the Hotel Cafe. I've been there. I've never performed there. I'm looking forward to it. Very cool place. I like that. You're actually something real to, real to promote. That's fantastic. I want to thank Rockus. Everything I would promote is real. Studio th- did you say on the drums or you say on the skins? Did you say on the skins? I said on the drums, but yeah. I, I, I'm like an all-around musician. I, I haven't like really excessively or exclusively studied drums. I don't know if I can use you're like the a skins mo- you're like more like, You're like a, like a Mozart or a Beethoven of your generation. Yeah, like a Ben Folds or something. <laughs> yeah, I was just saying, more like, more like a Ben Folds or a Coldplay, really, for your generation. <laughs> you're a Chris Martin for your times. Uh, Hi, right, thank you, Rocco's and Studio City. You guys were fantastic. More fake clapping, please. Thank you. You were great. This is Lex Lassner. Talk to you next week.